Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, president of Employco. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisenhut, our vice president of HR. Hi, everyone. Nikki Navarro, working the board as usual. Working as magic. So working as magic. And today we have a, uh, a, a great pleasure to have a very special guest with us today, uh, retired Captain J.J. Cummings, who uh, was a Top Gun pilot, Top Gun instructor, and the uh, the commanding officer of the USS Ford, as well as the Navy's advisor to the Top Gun Maverick. So it's a it's an honor and really a big privilege, JJ, to have you with us today. Rob, thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. Had a great chat with your team earlier and uh, really enjoyed it. And we had uh, we hosted JJ for our entire uh, corporate office today to uh, speak about leadership. It was awesome uh, and some great. Uh, some of the great uh, leadership tips that JJ learned over the time in, in the time with the Navy and how to apply those to businesses today. So it was a really uh, it was a special afternoon for everyone in the uh, in the Employco family. So we're today we uh, this month's episode talk about leadership and uh, a few other topics with JJ. So I'm going to throw it over to Jason for our first question. Yeah, one of the things that stood out, I think JJ's top leadership tip is show your employees you care. Just don't tell them you care. So I'm I'm taking that to heart. I'm writing that down. I'm going to going to revisit that trying every day. Uh, but one of the things that I thought of, JJ, well, the question is, if, if there are different generations in the workforce or in the Navy or any kind of walk of life, do you have any tips or thoughts or experience on approaching gener- like a Generation Y or Z or newer people entering the workforce or military? And, and how, is there a different way of leading them or motivating them? Yes. So the Navy is unique in that the mission for the Navy never changes. It's been the same for 50, 60, 70, 100 years about going to sea and training to fight our nation's wars. So that's one thing that's been consistent throughout this whole time. But to your point, the sailors now that show up on ships, we found are definitely of a different generation, as you'd expect. You think about their childhood, they've grown up with cell phones and get instant feedback on any question they have, any song, any question they have about school or a topic can be instantly at their fingertips. And that's something that is, was, is new to the Navy in the last 20 years. So when I think about leadership for this generation, they're a much more inquisitive group. Mm, interesting. They want to ask a lot, of, a lot of why. Why can I do that? How come that person is getting this privilege and I'm not? And the explanation is because they outrank you. Yeah, you right. have to earn the privilege to do things that they do. So they want it now. And we had to tell them to slow it down and go, you can get to that position, but you have to earn it by earning so-and-so, earning your stripes. So that's something we see early on that they're, they want stuff now. And it's like, you can get that stuff when you earn it with time served and good performance and all that. So that's something we're seeing there. I'm finding myself, when I was in the Navy, I'm retired last fall, a lot more explanations of the why behind the what. And that's interesting. In days of past, it was just go do it. Roger that. Now it's, I think it's helpful to give the why behind the what, explain why we're doing something and then go what we're going to do. And that's very helpful to kind of quell that inquisitive uh, young 20-year-old sailor that's out there that wants, you know, instant gratification that they've been getting their entire civilian life. Yeah. And I would think that starts at the foundation as far as when you're onboarding them and you spoke extensively uh, to our group about the onboarding process. And I would think with that generation, it's really important to set the tone early on. Well, sure. It starts even before the back at boot camp where you imagine these young folks come off the street, go to boot camp just a, what, an hour uh, north of here. Right. So imagine those young uh, folks training those that generation to teach them how to be a sailor in only, um, what's it, I think nine weeks, I think the court, and is it that? Yeah, nine weeks to teach them how to be a sailor. Because when you put a sailor on a ship, their cell phone is worthless. It doesn't, right. there's no Wi-Fi in the ship. 
So we're putting our sailors back into the 70s when they go underway. So you don't get um, Wi-Fi? Nope. And you, so I can't go on Facebook and no, Twitter and... You can right. go, you can occasionally get a computer terminal, go check your Facebook and email, but the instant gratification I spoke of earlier is, does uh, not exist. Right, that's, I mean, you've got, no, no, no cell phone doesn't work out in the middle. There's no Wi-Fi in your bunk. Nope, right. nothing. So it's all, they're living differently. And that's so, so the onboarding process, we ensure that, well, first of the, the big onboard occurs at boot camp when they get trained how to live like a sailor, uh, living in tight quarters, uh, attention to detail, attack in the mission, uh, integrity, and, uh, and just trustworthiness. Then it comes to the ship, and now I take it to the next level. We're teaching them about the trade of being a sailor and fighting the nation's wars. And then, uh, so that onboarding process really educates them. It's, it's a two-week process for us to get them right, at least get them initially trained in damage control, firefighting, ethics, integrity, um, the history of the ship, history of the Navy, what their expectations are, and it's all that's put out there. And then, um, but all starts, as we mentioned earlier, the first 72 hours. I mean, first 72 hours. And for us, you know, onboarding's always been a, a big part of our corporate culture here at Employco. And then Jason and his his team working with our clients on what does that first 30, 60, 90 days look like? And you know, you're really setting the tone for your time with the company. You're, you're teaching them your culture. You're going through the process. You're, whether you're assigning a mentor. Jason, you put together a great onboarding process. But here on... Uh, on JJ, your side, it's 72 hours. It, it's from when they arrive. It's a paint and indoctrination. Yeah, those first three days. And I was very clear with uh, any ships or squadrons I was in that we shall reach out to them before they arrive. I want them to know before they show up onto our ship and squadron that. that we care about them. So we reach out. In this day and age of th that technology I spoke of earlier, there's no reason why you can't, barring some crazy orders that, uh, hey, out of nowhere, hey, go to the ship now. Reach out to them and let them know, hey, we're, how are you getting here? What's your plan? Talk about your family. What are your needs? And then when they show up, they're already getting a feel that this command cares about them. And as you know, show them you care is what has driven me for my motto for the last 32 years. So it's a great motto. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, you don't see that in so many leaders today. No. You know, and today we, we talked about, uh, you, know, walk, you know, walk the walk, walk around, meet your employees, say hi, know about their, you know, their kids, their spouses, their life. It, and it's not email it's not text messages walking and, and seeing people and when you can if you're if your business can do that yeah as my brief talked about it's lbwa vice elbow so leadership lead by walking around not lead by being on outlook right you know there's a time and a place for outlook but it's not a make it a, a tool not a crutch you should get out there even if you're remote or working hybrid it's an attitude where you can still be working remote and call someone and just check in on them and not have a business discussion, have about discussion about family, the weekend, what are your plans? That to me is LBWA as compared to hiding behind a wall of emails, holding conversations via the, the keyboard. That to me is not relationship building. That's just transactional. And I think. And always having your door open. That was right. another point. Keep an open door. Yeah. So I think those are important to, uh, to me. I'm in a unique position being an aircraft carrier because my entire, all my employees are within a thousand feet mm -hmm. and they're all can be reachable. Uh, very quickly. So it's a unique perspective. You have that here with your internal employees, but certainly other folks don't have that, that uh, opportunity. But you can certainly make it an attitude. It can be done. Hey, you, you talked about when you're on the uh, aircraft carrier as a commanding officer, you've got your own chef, your own dining area. And instead, you went down to the mess with, uh, with the rest of the uh, sailors and ate with them and sat down and got to know them and 
what works, what doesn't work, and what had conversation rumors? with them. Yeah, right, the rumors, right. Rumors on a ship can be brutal. So yeah, once a week I would eat a meal with the crew, and uh, I loved it. It was, obviously I'm a huge extrovert, so that's how I recharge my batteries, but I've walked from that experience just energized as to know why I was there. And I wonder, you know, what CEO, when's the last time a CEO went down and actually had a meal with some of their frontline employees, you know, some of these beer corporations? I would, well, I'm sure some have, but probably yeah. not, it's not commonplace. Can you yeah. imagine that the power that would, that would that would bring to a company where they saw that happening. That'd be amazing. And, I, and I, I get it a little bit, but I think it would pay off to do it because leaders nowadays, especially at Corporate America, Fortune 500 companies, you got stock pressure and press for time. Everyone's time is so valuable. I mean, these guys are probably, and CEOs are probably working a zillion hours a week. But I'm guessing if you take the time to, to go talk to your employees, it'll benefit in the company's performance, employee engagement, retention, better pr productivity, performance. It'll pay off in the long run, even if you kind of carve out a little bit of time once a week, twice, once a day, something like that. Just like exercising. It's always it's easy way to find a way not to. Yeah. Right. Always find a way to not go talk to your employees and get a good frontline feedback or raw feedback from your team. That's easy. Oh, I'm too busy. And you write it off. Or you time block your calendar. I would every day. LBWA on my calendar. That's my one hour to get out of my office on the ship and go walk around. Well, you know, I think from a leadership standpoint, no matter what level you are, spending the time with whether it's your supervisors, managers, your frontline, whoever it is, show them you care is exactly what you said. You know, we were, uh, after uh, JJ spoke to our team today, I, I was speaking with Beth, who's uh, been with us for a long time on our apparel team, and she said, yeah, after you, after I started here, it was the, I mentioned to my uh, my husband, it was the weirdest thing. The owners, they actually like walk around and do stuff. Like, they actually are here. She was my last job. I don't know when I, how, you know, how often I ever saw anybody. Yeah. That's powerful. So, That's great. Yeah. But it'll be involved. Yep. Yeah. And, and thanks to someone on my team, Katie, for the generational question. So she, she gave me the prompt, to, a good question to ask. So thank you, Katie. Hopefully we answered her for it. <laughs> Perfect. What, uh, what else do you have, Scott? Well, one of the things that we do also from an engagement standpoint is uh, anonymous surveys. Because I do like the aspect, Rob, also, we like to walk around, we like to talk to people, but there is that component they of don't want to be honest. anonymity where it's like if it's something really bugging them, we get great feedback. And right. that's one of the things with our podcast that we try to give tips to clients that listen to our podcast, even non-clients that listen to the podcast. And those surveys are worth gold. So I have a question for you folks. How do you do that? Because we have, in the Navy, it's you have a once-a-year uh, command-wide anonymous survey and you can, and you could bring in a special group to do also an additional uh, command climate survey, they call it. How do you do that in this? Well, we have this awesome guy named Jason. <laughs> now I'll give it to you. Yeah, I mean, so we have a computer program, a website that uh, we use. We can plug in e email addresses and names and things like that. And we can cut. So if you use the standard 36 questions, like, do you think your leaders do a good job communicating? Do you feel like you're working in a safe and respectful environment? How do you think the company's doing with benefits and retirement programs? Uh, wide variety of questions. If you stay with their canned, answer, canned questions, you're going to be able to benchmark your internal company against thousands of other companies that are using the same survey. But you can also customize and build a new question or two. So we use that internally, but then we also offer it to our clients, our clients who would like to take us up on it. So we currently do it once a year also, um, and it's anonymous. We, we show and we kind of show this walk the walk that Hey, I'm going to bring it up on the screen. I'm going to click that's anonymous. We're not going to collect your IP address. We're not going to collect any secret information. We can try and dig on who's who's who. Um, so our employees feel really safe that it is anonymous and they can be a little bit more open. But we get great advice. Okay. But and how about the debrief? What do you do with that information? Yeah, and so that that's the key part. If you're not going to do anything with it, don't do, do the it. survey. Totally agree. Right. Because you're in worst case. So uh, what we, uh, Jason then outlines where we did better, where we did worse. 
and then uh, he creates a focus group that someone from his team sits in. So there's no one in management in that focus group. Great. And they come back with, here's their ideas of how we can improve. And then we implement, uh, you know, every year we do it. There's some things that I, we, you know, we strive to be better every year. And then we look at, okay, so here was a complaint, uh, you know, years ago it was communication. So we started a newsletter. We start more uh, company events. There's uh, better better benefits or pay for more benefits or better education. Matching on the 401k. Right, I mean, or training. So we said, okay, w- maybe we're not the best at training. So we brought in uh, a training manager and that completely changed the, the training game. So it's, you got to react and do what the survey. Do you share results with the, your employees? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. All right. So they know what you've learned and what you're doing about it. Because that's something that was important to us where we would get this information and on the ship, like, here's what we learned. Here's what we can do to fix certain things. Here's what we can't do, but here's our our going ahead game plan. So I think if you're not giving the feedback that you heard it, you're doing something about it. Then again, it's a waste of time. But it sounds like okay, so yeah. one one of the good things too that came out of the survey is a simple anonymous suggestion box. You know the old school write it on paper, the lock and key. So it's in our lunchroom. There's no cameras in the lunchroom. Whoever goes in there, can we check it once a week? And then when there are suggestions in there, it will be in the newsletter of. This was a suggestion. Right. This is why we do it, or this is why we can't do it. Because for the longest time, it was, we need a bigger lunchroom or things like that. And it's just, well, this was a tenant up until COVID. And then I, you know, evicted them and we took over the space. Nice. Then we're able to build a bigger lunchroom, bigger meeting space and things like that. But it's really good input. And that's much more instantaneous feedback. Yeah, and I think, so what we'll do is uh, post-survey and post-focus group, we'll send that out of, hey, here's your results. But then also later in the year, We'll bring it up and say, this is, you know, we did this because of the feedback we received from you. That's great. That's something that I think is important, powerful, and gives it the why behind the what to your team. Yeah, and, and Jason's helped roll that out for a number of our clients. And the, and, and the key part is you have to do some of the survey. If you're not going to do anything in the survey. It's, it's worse if you, if you don't do anything. Just don't do it at all. Right. Yeah, don't do it. Right. Yeah, and from an engagement standpoint, too, I know we're getting close to our uh, usual allotted time. But is it, from an engagement standpoint, uh, you had talked about not only having lunches, but even down to like handwriting birthday notes for yeah. officers and things like that. And that's something that like we do for anniversaries and things like that, where it's really that yeah. engagement with your employees. The power of the handwritten note, just yeah. random note. Hey, great job yesterday. I appreciate what you're doing for the team. Just randomly. I mean, that's something almost as powerful as that birthday. Yeah. Note. It's, it's like, like, it's like getting a handwritten thank you note too. Totally. It's huge. And I, I would, it, they're, they're, they're painful to do, but worth every second you put, you dedicate towards that because it means a lot to get that note. Yeah, right, so, absolutely. And it takes time to do it, but it, yep. it's worth every minute. Yeah, especially when you get to write carefully and legibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always a challenge. So what do you I say? And can't use crayon. Right. right. Can we use crayon? So what's uh, so what's next for you? Post, uh, post-retirement, post you've been uh, speaking to corporations on, on leadership, which is, uh, I thought it was fantastic the time that you spent right. with us today. And uh, we'll we'll make sure that uh, when we post this on our uh, on our blog and uh, out on SoundCloud and wherever Nikki puts it, we'll make sure we put your uh, your website and email address so people can get in touch with you. So uh, okay. fantastic! Just in case people can't, what's what's a good way so to get hold of you? No landing page yet. I'm working that. Okay, I just retired last fall. I'm still working <laughs> through that. But I have I'm on LinkedIn J dot J dot Cummings. Uh, I can okay. reach me through there. And yeah, what I'm my next I'm trying to. My goal is to share leadership stories with uh, corporations and businesses with the goal of being to make people better leaders, which makes a better life for all involved. So that's, I really enjoy that. That's what made me uh, the most rewarding aspect of the Navy. And I want to keep doing that in the civilian side. So 
working my tail off there. I think what's really great about your your presentations, if if anyone hasn't seen JJ speak, you, you have to see him. Is that it's not canned. It's yeah. not you know I. I, I love uh, Keith McFarlane and uh, a lot of the motivational speakers that, that it's a pretty pretty big presentation Polished. where yours, you know, uh, you're not afraid to swear. But, I mean, yeah, have, but, but I don't want us to uh, be an explicit, uh, explicit rated, which might help our ratings, but yeah. uh, very raw in the sense that sure. you're going to... It's real. You know, it's yep. very real of what sh- uh, you're taking your real life examples that you've had as leadership and, and showing yep. showing companies what worked in the military can work in the in corporations and it's applying that to those leadership skills it's not complicated no yeah yeah simple leadership uh boiled down to its base yeah right do you want we can uh since your landing page isn't up uh linkedin probably the best way yep yeah so what we could do at the end of the podcast if anybody has obviously this is audio but if you look in the feed of it, like if there's, we'll drop the uh, QR code in there. Yeah, perfect. Yep. So that way it's easy and LinkedIn, j.j.cummings. Yep, JJ Cummings. Yep. There's one other than JJ Cummings with no periods on the one with periods and the Navy guy. So you can make very clear that's, that's me. <laughs> the Navy guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today and uh, and giving us some of your leadership insight and some of the tips from uh, from your time uh, and when you when you look back, you know you were you were the commanding officer of the the largest naval ship in in the world in the world yep. in Navy history. So not just Navy history, but the entire world. Yep, and it's uh, quite the accomplishment. And it's 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 our honor to have you on. Yeah, thank, thank you for your dedication yeah. and service and everything you've yeah. done. You led you led how many four thousand? How many people are on the ship? Between three and four thousand. And you're hanging out with three guys in Nikki Navarro on a podcast. Just to share one last thing before we wrap up, uh, I appreciate your appreciation for what I did, but my my appreciation, I'll pass it on to my wife because she's the one that uh, really earned that. Because she's the one while I'm off doing fun, dangerous, rewarding things. She's back at home slugging out with uh, doctor's appointments, sporting events, blowing up water heaters, and sick dogs. She's a one hundred a paycheck while I was doing crazy stuff over the horizon. So I appreciate well, you her. You had said also you went what almost thirty years without taking a full on hey, family full vacation. on legit. We never took a legit family vacation till last weekend. Wow. Thirty two years. It's never a time. So, it, you know, I think uh, very often as uh, and, and you see it on some. Jason says he watches a lot of uh, the Navy shows and SEAL Team and that. Want to be one of the one of the things that people often forget is you're you know you're sacrificing yourself to protect our country, mm-hmm. but you're your spouses and your the other sailors sailors and and army, their family all, all the the family members yep. that are that are holding the fort together teaching the kids and uh, they're not knowing when they might see you again yeah imagine a phone call that hey we're moving in five weeks make it happen right or the yeah, worst course yeah. uncle yeah oh yeah absolutely and that's always i mean it's funny she never was worried about me dying in a plane crash <laughs> for some reason plus she was worried about me dying out in another another fashion but never was in a plane but i can and, imagine that phone you know, we've had some friends that they would go overseas for you know, yeah. a year and a half. And yeah. Yep. Might not, spouse might not hear from you for four months until you might be able to make a phone call or something. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough life. Military spouses are a special breed. I know we're over time, but can you tell the story of the uh, cell parking zone or is that? Sure. Uh, yeah, if you, we have time. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, so as I mentioned in my brief, March 16th of 2020, we were underway when we were at sea when COVID swept across our nation. So... We went to sea in late February with a nation as we knew it pre-COVID and came back on Easter Sunday with the new world. So we, we watched this occur from afar. 
uh, while at sea off the coast of Virginia, getting reports back from the spouses and wives and friends of what was going back. Schools closing, jobs closing, no toilet paper, no food. Yeah. And we're just watching from the ship, um, kind of like the last ship. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah. And um, what I might share with the team here was that I had failed to show the team I cared about them. I was telling them on the, on the ship's intercom system, hey, it's going to be okay. I've received reports. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Until on March 16th, I couldn't take it anymore. So I asked our, our navigator to plot a course to put our care, the aircraft carrier off the coast of Cape Hatteras by about 12 to 15 miles in range of whatever cell phone towers he could figure out where they were. So sure, sure enough, he did just that. So we, we moved the ship in uh, to close to the, you know, not dangerously close, but close to shore. Uh, 12 miles is still pretty far away. And I got on the ship's intercom and told the crew, hey, team, we are within range of cell phone towers on the, off the coast of, of, Cape, of Cape Hatteras. Tell you what, come on down. I know it's a Navy rule. Don't bust your cell phone out under, underway or at sea. So tell you what, come on down to the hangar bay, which is a big open space uh, below decks in, with open air exposure, and just call your family. Tell them it's going to be okay. And literally thousands of sailors poured into the hangar bay with their cell phones to call home and tell their spouses, it's going to be all right. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was, so then from then on every night, I would tell the navigator, hey, Gator, what do we call him? Hey, can we do the cell phone parking lot tonight? Sure. So we just go there every night we could and just cruise up and down the coast of Hatteras to allow uh, our fam- people to check in with their families. And this is one last thing, Olivia. The spouses all want us to come home. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't you home? And I told, because we can't. We have a mission to do. And we cannot come in. In fact, we were, we were going to come in for a quick uh, two days to uh, go home and come back. I canceled that. We're going to pull in. We're not going to let anybody on our ship or let anybody off. We get our supplies to go right that out. Just because you didn't have COVID on your right. ship. And you got to preserve it. You, right. So they were, the spouses were stunned that we were coming home. Like, we have a mission to do. And it's to not be parasitic, to be underway and fly and do what we do uh, off the coast of Virginia. And that's just the way it works. Um, but the crew got it. I explained that to them and explained right. to their spouses. So it was challenging, but it had to be done. At the end of the day, though, what great leadership to be able to... It, it, you know, Show them that you care and enable your, you know, everyone on the ship to be able to call loved ones, especially during that time when Crazy. no one knew what was, you know, Nothing. it's hard to believe that that's uh, next month. It's three years. Wow. Yeah, that it was. It was a time where you know the whole country, the whole world was shutting down, and there was the fear and the anxiety that people had, yep. and to then know that your partner, your spouse, was not there. Yep. That really that had to be a big relief, both for your sailors as well as their families. Putting your six-year-old on a computer for a Zoom call when you have to work yeah. with no one to help, that's, that was crazy. And uh, we had to do it. And uh, now I look back at that time, it was crazy for all of us, but more so for the Navy, because the way we live and work, we operate in close proximity. One person in a room with Super 30 predator. people, you're done. So we, it was amazing that we pulled it off. But uh, to try to tell an 18-year-old kid, hey, when you go home, I need you to not go anywhere. I need you not to go out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all been 18. <laughs> so uh, it was challenging. We made it happen. It was definitely a really the toughest year of my career, trying to, to not have a giant breakout in the ship. We were lucky. Um, we didn't have any. We, we managed it, but it was not easy. And a uh, super resilient team made it happen. But I look back, that year was rough. I mean, it was tough because, you know, I just, it was on me. As yeah. a captain ship, it's my responsibility to ensure the crew is safe. And we do the mission, and we made it happen. So proud of that. Hard to believe that was three years ago. Yeah, glad I'm glad it was three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really appreciate you being with us today. It's uh, been Thank fantastic you. for yeah. one speaking Thank with you. our uh, our team and then being a guest on our podcast to uh, share some of your insights. We really appreciate it. Oh, 
completely honor. Thanks for the opportunity. And I uh, really enjoyed meeting all of you in person again and, and uh, share some thoughts with your teams. And you have a great crew here. So don't forget, you can check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else I'm missing, Scott. Ed and Ploico. Uh, I think we're even on Instagram now. Uh, there you <laughs> go, on Instagram. Exciting. And your text Oh, you on Pinterest? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, yes, okay, so you got to work it. And Edgar. Feel free, any ideas to reach out to us uh, at uh, info at employco.com or hr at employco.com. Those go right to Jason. And uh, so any future ideas or topics, feel free. We love your feedback and appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you.